Let's talk GDRP, the OECD, the power of the internet and what it does it take to succeed and make money in Japan. This and more in today's episode of Hof Profit. You can find it online on hofprofit.com slash podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher and don't forget to share, like, retweet or leave me a comment on at LodewijkHof. Hello my lovely friends, how are you doing? I really hope you are doing fine, I am doing reasonable. It's a bit warm over here but that's okay. Let me begin with some great news, at least I consider it great. Uh, The neighbor, the guy who started all the terroristic activities from the city of Eindhoven is moving. He is selling his house and that means that some ground that he has stolen, that we are now going to take that ground back and he has to diminish some things and it's going to be really fun. I mean, I really look forward to all the lawsuits that I can finance against him. It will be fun because if I play it smartly, he will become homeless and of course... I will play it smartly and I don't give a damn about the fact that he is going to get homeless. It's his own fault, his problem, not my problem. Well, let's begin with having a look at GDRP. GDRP, yes, you're pretty sure now, I'm now pretty sure that you know what it is. It's the new European Union Privacy Protection Rule. It basically says that any company from anywhere in the world is chatting and doing uni- and you should give people access to your data they have the right to be forgotten and you have to give it them and they need to opt into your newsletters and also everyone says that GDRP is there just due to privacy I highly doubt it I mean let's face the fact the European governments have access to your bank account details if they ha- if they think that you should pay a fine even if the fine is not really for if came into effect due to court demand then they can take the money from your account and if you want to appeal against it, then you have to appeal against it and they will do anything to push you off. You see, for example, here in Eindhoven, when the city gives you a fine, they want you to pay the fine and not to go against it. And it's just like terroristic activity, but well, because John Yorosma is a mayor, so what do you expect from him? But let's get it back to GDRP. So, governments are all looking and chatting and tracking everything you are doing. And now I'm going to ask you an easy question. Does a government who controls the, uh, in, the international flow of passengers, who is sh- changing all types of information, who is checking if you take a bus, or is using cameras to check if you have a lease car, if you are playing it according to the tax laws, and if it, the court says it's illegal, the tax government authority says, well, we don't obey with the law. And the same thing with here now with GDRP. The GDRP, the governments are not compliant and they are having real big problems and most companies are pushing forward, getting on and getting it sorted out. For companies, and now comes the interesting part, every country has regulators. Are those regulators going after the, the governments? No, of course not. They are going after the, after the backbone of society. They are going after the people who create value, the people who are not financed by the government. It are the people who are also being terrified and blackmailed by the government. So. What I think that's happening is the following. Europe lost a complete internet war. Everything. I mean, the only success from Europe on the field of the internet is SAP. That's all. The rest is all bankrupt. 
It's gone, it's bought up. Take SoundCloud, which was a great music initiative. It's bought by the government of Singapore, because there was no capital in Europe. Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, Weibo, YouTube, Google, Facebook, it are all American networks. And what they are now going to try to do, I think, is try to push forward a European initiative. That you get something European. I mean, this is something that they are failing. But on the other side, what uh, what can you expect from people? I mean, let's face the fact, they get salaries. They Most of them never worked a day in their life in the free market. They are just sending arms if you don't want to pay your tax because you think that tax is a crime and that they are just stealing your money they will send the police after you it is just if you think about it it is well and then which european competitor i mean i have not seen any real european project that was a success to give you an outline of some european failures the concorde no one want to buy the aircraft no one then we're gonna look at, then we're gonna have a look at airbus the, low, the first three layers of uh, employees are okay, but for the rest it's all politicized and a fight between France and Germany. The British people took the brave decision to leave the European Union, and now you have a debate who is going to do what, and this is the interesting part. They are now all, the one big society of Europe is all going to go after the same project. So, I would simply say, break it up. I mean... GDRP, yes, sure, we will obey with it because fighting the government is, an, as I can tell you from my own experience, an extremely expensive and time-consuming business. But let's face the facts: they, they will get in Europe, they will get up with more stupid policy, which makes no sense and does not work. All the listeners love to making some money, but you will have to pay tax upon your money. But that's to change. You can save on your tax. Pay no tax. Completely legal. Start earning more money so you can take care for your beloved ones. So you can travel visa-free. Get yourself the tax-free passport. Get yourself the starting point to a tax-free lifestyle. A lifestyle which is an ultimate freedom. Hofprofit.com slash passport. I say Hofprofit. Twitter is not that. Twitter is one of the leading global social networks with great opportunities for customer service, customer engagements, and building your own brand. So if you're ready to become the next hit on Twitter, simply check out hofprofit.com slash Twitter and get the Twitter internet marketing training. That's hofprofit.com slash Twitter. WordPress offers you many great opportunities to build a great website, webshop and spread your matches. If it's your blog, your, your desire to become financially independent, WordPress is there for you to help you. WordPress has many hidden, hidden features no one knows. So visit hofprofit.com slash WordPress for the WordPress training menu. European Union imposed completely global covering privacy laws, so it's the highest time for you to be transparent, unless you want to pay a 20 million euro fine. And yes, the European Commission is on a witch hunt, so get ready. So check out GDRP compliance course on hofprofit.com slash GDRP. That's hofprofit.com slash GDRP. I think that most of you would have heard of the OECD. It's the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. The organization is intended to basically make life better for everyone at least that's what it says because i highly doubt this because especially what you see now is that they are admitting that the true reason that they were there was to uh, stop financial privacy so that uncompetitive lazy government bureaucrats could tax money that hard-working people have made anywhere in the world and this is interesting because 
The organization is based in Paris, and let me be real clear, Paris is a lovely town. Really nice to be, but not to live there. High taxation, a lot of government interventions, it's a bit like Venezuela, but then 25 years ago. So, and what you see what they are doing from there, they are fighting against legal tax avoidance. So, basically what you say, what they say, you are not doing anything illegal. You are within the law, but we are against it, so we're gonna fight you. They impose subsidies on all types of things, and basically they want to push an equal together, everyone together, and let's go over poverty together. They, because they think that governments need more money, that governments need to be there for you and take care of you. The interesting question is that if they think that why they need, why you need, why you need a government and why you need to pay more tax, why are their salaries tax-free? I mean. So basically it means that those who are not getting any money from the government and are paying tax are financing their salaries. And they don't have to pay salary taxation over the salary. That must be an amazing great job. Living in Paris, eating brie and camembert all day, putting out bad policy, ruining people's lives and don't pay tax on that all. So what OECD also is fighting against is the opportunities from small nations to become financial independent and financial and economic success. Let's face the fact, if you look at San Marina, Andorra, Jersey, Guernsey, man, all those small, all those the famous tax havens, what are their real chances to get highly skilled staff? What are the chances? Just, they don't, there is no natural resources. That, uh, I mean, this is a method to keep high qualified employees on the island. I mean, you need accountants, lawyers, insurance companies, agents, trustees, all, all those people who are making money, who are really spending the money. And you need them in a small nation. I mean, you saw it in Antigua and Barbados, uh, Antigua, when the biggest bank collapsed, thousands of highly trained staff were leaving the island because there was no job for them. And that the country is still suffering from the economic effects from it, and that's really sad. I mean, why is the OECD saying that we have to move towards poverty? I mean, they want everything the same, so they want to have the same uh, equal pay, so they want to have green energy, and they want to have highly subsidies on it, and I am not against green energy, but use your common brains. You see, in a lot of countries, they were using green energy for a long time, in the Netherlands, we were using windmills on places where there was wind and it made sense. In Switzerland, they were using hydropower on places where it made sense. The European Union is now financing hydropower in the Sahara Desert. Doesn't make sense. Not gonna work. I mean, with this agenda of the OECD, I will have a question for you. I mean, are they also gonna push for same-sex rights? That everyone has the right to have sex with anyone, and that it is a, it's illegal for people who don't want to have sex to say, no, I don't want this. It's an interesting perspective, and I just put uh, say uh, the, the, the fight for all the same a few steps ahead, because... We're all talking that everyone is the same. And I got a secret for you. We are not the same. People have different skins, co different colors in our skin. We have party-sided people like me. We have men. We have female. We are different. There's no issue. Let's, uh, let's agree, just agree. We are different. There's no, there's no problem. Why should we worry about the fact that we are different? That's great. I mean, just imagine. Everyone's the same. Everyone's the same. So that means that we would have unisex people, which basically we have... It's not gonna work, and it's gonna be a really boring world. And 
Ask yourself this, what great things is the government pro pro financing and producing for you which the free market or a company could not go better? Let's take an example at space aviation. NASA is at this moment incapable of bringing people into space. They can't. For bringing their materials in space, they are relying on external privately owned companies because they are working more efficient and they are working cheaper. Hey, I got the secret. Do this with everything. I mean, to give you an example here in Eindhoven, they were talking about um, an ice skating track and they were talking about the maintenance. Should the city do it or should the private company do it? If a private company does it, you save half a million euros. The ice skating track was losing 1.1 million a year. Well, so if you're losing 1.1 million and you can reduce 500,000, then you're losing 600,000. Big steps, big money saved. And the politicians were talking hours and days and months of doing this. All the listeners love to making some money, but you will have to pay tax upon your money. But that's to change. You can save on your tax. Pay no tax. Completely legal. Start earning more money so you can take care for your beloved ones. So you can travel visa free. Get yourself the tax free passport. Get yourself the starting point to a tax free lifestyle. A lifestyle which is an ultimate freedom. Hofprofit.com slash passport. I say Hofprofit. Twitter is not that. Twitter is one of the leading global social networks with great opportunities for customer service, customer engagement and building your own brand. So if you're ready to become the next hit on Twitter, simply check out hofprofit.com slash Twitter and get the Twitter internet marketing training at hofprofit.com slash Twitter. WordPress offers you many great opportunities to build a great website, webshop and spread your message. If it's your blog or your desire to become financially independent, WordPress is there for you to help you. WordPress has many hidden, hidden features no one knows. So visit hofprofit.com slash WordPress for the WordPress training menu. European Union imposed completely global covering privacy laws, so it's the highest time for you to be transparent, unless you want to pay a 20 million euro fine. And yes, the European Commission is on a witch hunt, so get ready. So check out GDRP compliance course on hofprofit.com slash GDRP, that's hofprofit.com slash GDRP. Internet is an amazing thing, it allows everyone to communicate with everyone, and it's really interesting to see that this innovation is came from the military and as you see with most innovations they are because armies are highly innovative if you just look if you want to get great innovations start a war you will get a lot of innovations and between 25 to 40 years they are available for everyone and the interesting field that you see with the innovation field is that the internet is Allowing you to communicate with everyone. And to give you an example, this podcast, its most popular market is Indonesia. I am not doing anything in Indonesia to grab the market. I even don't have a clue if I am allowed in to Indonesia. Unfortunately, quite some countries with an Islamic majority say that Jews are not allowed in. They think that that was great. And unfortunately, it's I must say that I'm just recognizing the same is happening also in the West. So, Bokusan was right. And I think that I should just grab my bag and hop on the LL. So, the internet allows you to make money. It allows you to globalize Im immediately. I mean, you can go to, to the complete English-speaking world or the complete Mandarin-speaking world at once from, your, from the convenience of your couch or your bed. Can you imagine this? How great it is, how lovely it is. I mean, I know that it is for governments really terrible because 
you get a lot of things that you can't control and you see for example um, for me I'm doing nothing in Indonesia and I get approximately quarter of my listeners in Indonesia then I get the Netherlands then the United States and that those markets I understand but it's really 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 weird to see what they are doing and how they are doing it and that organizations are unable to scope with it I mean if you look at a smartphone there is a camera in it so everyone is a journalist everyone can record every government abuse and I will be clear government abuse there's, there is of course a lot of government abuse and governments should held accountable for that abuse and that's one of the things I do in the show and that's why I talk so much about City of Eindhoven and what you see is that but now everyone can say anything. People are complaining, for example, about the fact that you can say anything on Twitter and on Facebook. And people say, yeah, well, it is a sewer of the society. It are only the bad people who are there. The other side is, in the past, they were not allowed to express their opinion. They were not allowed to share their vision. And if you look at, for example, uh, Jumbo, a big supermarket in Eindhoven in the Netherlands. They are the second, I believe. They have a shop is really bad. If you are disabled and you are not in the queue for the disabled uh, checkout, they don't want to help you. Uh, they have a, a rule uh, within a, uh, as a company. If you are a Ford waiting in line and we can open a uh, checkout, hey, you get your stuff for free. The people don't give your stuff for uh, stuff for free. And I was there and they didn't want. I had the right to get my stuff for free and they want to give it to me. So I just handed out a treat. That shop manager was really mocking about it that I sent a tweet out because now everyone knew and the headquarter also that he was basically violating the rules and the regulations of their own company and what you see with this Twitter and all those networks everyone talks bad about it and I think they are great because they allow you to communicate they allow you to share your vision and they allow extremely intense relationships and customer service and that is something that people forget you can go to and this is what I always see it interesting with the city of Eindhoven. When I say something about someone of the city, I simply contact the, PA, the spokesperson. I believe they have now over 10 spokespeople there. And I just ask them if they want to comment. And we all know they not want to comment because they are afraid of what I say about them. They are afraid of the fact that I hold them accountable for their terroristic things that they are doing. And on all the things that uh, are going wrong and with some, quite some things that I expect to go wrong especially in the healthcare division you can expect a lot of those they decline to comment segments and that's really sad and they know what's really sad I got a microphone for on stage events things and those fields that's gonna be fun so I can go to a public city council and just throw a micro put a microphone in front of them, uh, some people and just ask them the questions why they are doing like this and then use it in the show so you will get a lot of those things and it's gonna be fun so let's have a quick look I promise you a great interview with David Surratt David um, we had an interesting story when we met when my father passed away I agreed to meet someone and an uncle of me I believe he is I only saw him once and basically I had to take the train for uh, and was just a, uh, from where we met it was just a short thing and we talked because he was he came in from london he had a lot of stuff and he took four seats of luggage and well me with the blind stick he always oh sorry i will make place for you so for no no just a six minutes train journey where are you going we had a quick chat we exchanged business cards and <laughs> basically that's how we met i mean i like this is great about trains he is living mainly in japan um 
Fortifier, I know he it is Osaka where he's in, but I'm not sure about it. We have a great, he had a great, lovely interview. At least I think it's great. Um, so I would simply say, without further delay, let's have a look at today's exclusive interview about doing business and making money in Japan. Uh, very nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, the honor is all on my side. Um, you're a consultant. And basically, you help companies to succeed in Japan. Absolutely, yeah, we've been doing that for about 10 years now. Why is it so difficult for Western companies to succeed in Japan? It's just really a question of um, adapting to the details. And fundamentally, doing business here is like doing business anywhere else. Um, but there are some, some details that you need to take into account in terms of running your business, um, working with the staff, working with the market. It has the market with specific um, requirements, high uh, quality levels, high service levels. Um, it, 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 you can't simply take a template from another market and put it here. It, um, it doesn't really work that way. Okay, uh, so basically you have to the, uh, the chance to succeed or the obstacle to succeed is in the details. It is really, yeah. You, you, you know, you you have to be a little bit flexible, and of course that applies to uh, to other markets. Um, but it always seems um, there's a famous quotation from a foreign executive as he was leaving, who said, um, "When I came here, I thought Japan was just another market, um, but now I realise how different it is." Um, and it's, you know, you can do you you take all the basic principles that that you you have from running a business anywhere else, but just tweak them, tune them, so that it works here. And what are, what are the companies who are most likely to succeed in Japan? Just a uh, general... Companies with strong brands. Sorry? Companies with strong brands, companies mm -hmm. with unique products, um, people who take the trouble to look at how the market really works. The, those will all succeed. And what it's, it's not rough. Yeah, go ahead. So basically, you know, um, obviously I've spent most of my time in automotive and engineering, but, I, but I've had exposure to some other um, sectors. Um, so, of course, you know, the, the top fashion brands are very successful. The, uh, the premium automotive brands uh, are very successful. Um, and, and they succeed because they take the trouble to listen to the markets and adapt their offering to what the market needs. And, and the better they've adapted their offering, the uh, the more successful they are. Okay. And can you give us an example of one commonly made mistake for people who are starting out in Japan? I would say basically that the, the common thing that we deal with is, um, you know, a company will come in and they'll say, this is the way we work in the rest of Asia. This is the way we work in the rest of the world. Um, we expect you to make it happen in exactly the same way in Japan. And they're saying that to their staff or they're saying that to the market. Um, and, and that will trip them up. So basically what we do as a reality check with companies before they come in is, is we, we look at two or three points. Uh, we look at um, does their product you know, um, offer something which the Japanese 
Japanese will find interesting. Are similar, uh, but with the the Japanese quality and service level attached, which would make it a a hard sell for them. Mm-hmm. What, uh, um, what are the profit levels? You know, I mean, if it, if it's a very segment of the market, then they're not going to make as much money as they would outside of Japan. Can they live with slightly lower margins? Mm-hmm. And having looked at those, you say, okay, um, what do you need then? Um, if you've got a product which uh, which looks like it can compete in the market, great. Um, if if you look like you you have to change your product a little bit to to make it suitable for the Japanese market, um, what do you have to do? Are you prepared to do that? A lot of people will say, look, I've got a standard offering, I've got a standard package, I'm not going to change it just for the Japanese. We've seen a lot of companies, but you know, what what happens often with us is that a company's been in the market for four or five years. They're not achieving the result they would like to achieve. They come to us and say, have a look and see why that is. Usually they blame their local staff. Um, and what we discover is that, you know, they're offering a package which doesn't suit the needs of the Japanese customer. They're saying, okay, we only do, for example, a complete package. We don't divide it up into, into parts, you know, into, into individual components. Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese say, no, don't want that. And then they say, well, the Japanese are wrong. <laughs> well, the customer can't be wrong. Customer is right. The customer <laughs> finances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He pays, but he's, he's right. Yeah. So then, you know, you have to, you, you then have, have to adjust your offering and, and work out how you're going to provide something which is okay for your production process, your, your standard product offering, but still suits the Japanese. It really isn't. It isn't difficult, but it's a question of changing your mindset and saying, you know, yeah, I am going to have to adapt. I am going to have to be a little bit more flexible, um, and maybe I'm going to have to incur some cost in order to uh, produce something a little bit different for this market. So the Japanese market is famous for being what they call a Galapagos market. So you know, you have these these um, very strange requirements, which which aren't a requirement outside of Japan. I, I think, you know, that, that also means that there are opportunities in the market. So the one that springs to mind is, is Lime. Are you familiar with Lime? The sort of Japanese WhatsApp thing. Yes. So... Okay, well, you know, Lime sprang out of Japanese love of, uh, of images and, and manga. Right? You know, basically, I know people have conversations online which consist entirely of, of animated characters. No words at all. <clears throat> Interesting. But the, Jap- yeah. the Japanese economy is very highly innovative and digitalized. It's digitalized, it's innovative, but it's innovative um, very often in a, in a Japan-focused way, which is why they call it a Galapagos culture. Um, well, leaving aside whether that's true or not. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, there are a lot of things which are developed for, for this unique market which then somewhat translates overseas. Um, Lime, uh, you, can, you can get outside of Japan. Not as successful outside as it is in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, because people don't communicate in images quite in the same way. And they don't have the same set of images available. Um, but, you know, you look at that, you think, well, okay, there are, there are lots of companies growing up like that, that, that have grown up in this unique Japanese environment and can, to some extent, translate outside of Japan. So, you know, if you can work with them, uh, you have an opportunity. Yeah, okay. 
So, if we take a look at the economic miracle which Japan is for the past 70 years, it's gonna host Olympic Games. Uh, yeah, so you've yeah. got, you know, yeah. period coming. Yeah. So, after, if you look after, after the Second World War, Japan had the bad luck to have two nuclear bombs on its country. The country was just a ruin. Sure. And now you're gonna host for the second time, I believe, in just small 80 years. An Olympic Games, yeah, sure. and you, the past Olympic Games brought the bullet train as a great innovation, which is going well in the world. So, what's going to be the next yeah. innovation, the great thing that this Olympic Games are going to deliver? Well, they were hoping that maybe the uh, the maglev train would be in time, the linear motor train, but um, I don't think that will be in time. Um, what you're seeing is. There is a push on that's been kind of <coughs> put on the back of the of the Olympics. <coughs> they develop developing fueling stations, charging stations for electric vehicles. I think there's a lot of you know um, transition to cleaner transport coming on the back of the Olympics. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, of course, you know, the construction boom. You've got um, the Olympics come kind of uh, on uh, on a wave of increased tourism. In the tourism numbers have gone up enormously over the last five years. And so you've seen huge demand for new hotels. Um, the, both the Rugby World Cup is in 2019, which is the third largest event globally. Mm -hmm. <coughs> you have, I think, the Olympics, the Soccer World Cup, and the Rugby World Cup. So in 2019, across Japan, you've got um, the Rugby World Cup. And then you've got the Olympics, which is Tokyo-centered, but also um, has some sites outside of Tokyo. And then 2021, you've got the Masters, um, <clears throat> which um, is also a reasonably large global competition. So you've got this kind of three-year wave of, of significant um, numbers of um, competitors and tourists and fans coming in, um, and the need to develop uh, accommodation facilities in various parts of Japan, where they don't currently really need for that number of so that's it's an opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's an opportunity to take pretty quickly because yeah, <laughs> the, the wave is being now. And if you, the tourism boom is it not mainly just Chinese tourists who are getting more money and are capable of taking a relative short flight away? Well, obviously there are a lot of Chinese tourists, but there are a lot of tourists from Southeast Asia. Um, there are tourists from Korea for different reasons, and, and there are a lot of Western tourists coming here. You know, it has become um, a massive destination. People have, I think, you know, you sort of hit a sweet spot. There are now enough signs in English and people who speak English that, you, you know, you can come here and, and do a couple of weeks and uh, not have too much difficulty. So it's, it's I think that's going to continue. That's um, a, a big opportunity going forward. Sounds to me as a lovely reason to uh, hop on a plane and uh, drop by. <laughs> You absolutely should. Yeah, yeah. before it gets too crowded. <laughs> <laughs> too crowded in Japan. How is that possible? Because what percentage of the land can be used for living? I believe it's a small minority. Well, it's like 17%. Um, but, but that's... Um, it, it's kind of an artificial number. You can live in the countryside. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody tends to cluster together in Tokyo, mm -hmm. Osaka... Hiroshima, that, 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 uh, those areas. 
so what you see actually is um, the population of, of, of the urban concentrations is, is increasing, um, but the countryside is emptying out. So if you like country living, you can come and get a house in Japan very cheaply. What is very cheaply? Um, Just a general figure. Oh, really? I mean, you know, there are some, no, there are some places that will offer you a house, actually, if, uh, because they, the, the, the population is going down so far. You know, you could, you could, you could get it for um, under 100,000 euros. That sounds extremely interesting. Quite easy. That sounds interesting. I need, to, I, need to get myself a, I need to get myself a ticket. <laughs> You should come and have a look. It's a fascinating place. I mean, there are places which are emptying out here. Whether you want to go to a place which is emptying out is another, <laughs> it's another matter. I will ask um, this question. Why is, it, why is this place emptying out? That is for the reason. Well, because... Yeah, well, of course, you know, there's this terrible demographic shift. So, um, currently, the population is about 125 million. Forecast population in 2050 is 90 million. And there's a huge aging that goes alongside that. So they're just in the place they used to in the countryside. And that's just because what you see here in rural Europe uh, that people are just leaving because there's a lack of job opportunity. Well, I mean, they're just running out of people. Um, <laughs> apart from anything else. Yes, there is that. But also, you know, the population uh, growth is negative below replacement, um, huge aging at the same time. So th this is the defining factor for the, the Japanese economy now. You talk to anybody from you know a small shopkeeper to the head of Toyota, and it, it, it's a huge problem for them, both in terms of um, a shrinking market, domestic market, and um, shortage of labour. It's a really big problem for the country. So and it is. It is. I, and it's not expected to have a quick fix for it. Well, they don't do immigration. Uh, so, you know, you take... Germany has a similar demographic, mm -hmm. but um, massive immigration. Um, the Japanese have tried it and don't like it. So um, they, they have to somehow adapt to a shrinking population. Hmm. That's a pity. That's a pity. So if you look at uh, Japan from an investor's perspective... Um, the Tokyo Stock Exchange is one of the deepest in Asia. Yeah. Why do you think that and how do you look at the perspectives that the central bank of Japan is becoming a shareholder in more and more companies? Yeah, there's a lot of, um, you know, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of uh, the UK in the 60s and 70s. But, you know, there are companies which should have gone down um, and they haven't gone down. Um, and the Japanese have always, you know, sort of worked to investors, particularly the large ones, make sure they don't make too much of a loss. So there's there's a lot of um, managing of the uh, of the movements of the, of the stock value, um, and there's a limit to how much they can do that. I mean, you know, it's got, got the highest um, debt to the GDP of, of any advanced nation. Mm -hmm. um, you can only get far. It, it, it has to stop at a certain. But I think, you know, the, the shares of companies like Toyota, you know, what the hell, they make most of their money outside of Japan anyway. So the, I guess the thing is, if you're investing in, in the stock market in Japan, um, be, be careful of, of counting on overall growth, but just, you know, look at the stocks that, that are strong and have 
a strong presence overseas or something extremely strong technically uh, and go for them. You know, it's not a, it's not a stock market to, to, to go into and, and try and ride its, its rise, I don't think. Long term, it can't, it can't rise. And if you look at the high deficits and high debt from the government and the banks, how are they going to repay the money? Well, um, basically, a lot of the debt is towards the Japanese people themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so there is a, you know, a, a sort of <laughs> there's, there's a, a strong underlying fear here that basically they'll default on their own people, and everybody's pensions will be basically ruined. <laughs> like it's happening in the United States, where basically you, you kind you, of, yeah. yeah, if you put your pension fund is is in the coverage of fifty percent, then you're lucky. Yeah, which is yeah. not really a great outlook for uh, your future, from a financial perspective. No, not really. It's um, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's far from ideal. Yeah. yeah. And you're at the moment in rural Japan. Where are you exactly, and how often are you flying over between Japan and the uh, Western undercivilized world? Uh, yeah, Japan is a very civilized country. I, I would say um, currently we're, we're starting up um, a small, high-efficiency wind turbine production company in uh, Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our customers come out of Europe for companies that want to invest in Japan. Um, so a lot of our customers are from UK, Germany, Switzerland, France. So I would say um, maybe five or six times a year I'm over in Europe. Oh dear. Poor you. And you'll have quite some freaking fire miles, I assume. <laughs> yeah, a few, quite a few. Yeah. Quite a few miles. Um, but it's not such a hardship. Europe's a nice environment. Okay, the trains don't run as well as in Japan. But, um, <laughs> that's you know, it's, a, it's <laughs> that's an civilized understatement. <laughs> it's an understatement of the, <laughs> of the year. Better. I mean, if yeah. you leave in the UK, a train has a delay if it's 15 minutes late. And in Japan, it has a delay if it yeah. is one minute late. <laughs> exactly. And they apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Because you're from Britain, that, that a, a train people apologize for a delay? <laughs> I have actually. No, I have. Yeah, they apologise, but they don't actually do anything. <laughs> I had, a, I had a, an amusing experience in the Netherlands where a, a train was uh, to, to Eindhoven that was going through Eindhoven was cancelled, mm -hmm. and this poor Japanese girl was talking to um, one of the staff on the platform, and she said, "Well, how, how, how is it? How am I going to get to Eindhoven? I need to catch a plane." Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the member of the, the, the railway staff said, "Well, you shouldn't have taken the train then, should you?" <laughs> slightly different way of looking at things. <laughs> That's something extremely terrible. That's terrible. A little bit of improvement required there, both in the UK and the Netherlands. It's yeah. terrible, it's terrible. Mm. At least mm. I think. No, that's right, definitely. Uh, the, the Western world needs to learn a lot from the Japanese public transport system. I think so, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, but that all stems from the education. Um, that's, that's where you need and why are so many Japanese companies having problems getting overseas? Like the social network you just said, I would say if simply if the co just tiny pieces and move on because all the Japanese companies we know, Sony, Nintendo, Toyota, mm. Honda, 
mm. which are basically global companies and they sell to every corner in the world. Sure, sure, sure. But for yeah, us, Sony, I, I mean, Sony is still turning themselves around. Um, mm. There are some giant companies in Japan which are not really doing very well. Um, Toyota's fine. Um, the smaller companies, um, they suffer from the same problem as the Europeans going into Japan. But, you know, they haven't really fully done their research. Um, they don't take the trouble to get structure right. They don't take into account the differences in the different markets, and so they suffer. Terrible, terrible, because this this could be something that really pushed the Japanese economy, which is struggling, forward. I think so, yeah. And, and, and you know, I'm sure that you know, they'll put it right in the same way as, you know, we'll put it right working with Japan. Um, it just takes a bit of, and uh, it takes a little bit of mental flexibility. Um, it's not something the Japanese are famous for, but uh, <laughs> they will get there. I also always say money speaks. Money makes everything flexible. Well, exactly. Exactly. Okay. It's true. In the end. Yeah. Uh, as a final comment, where can we find more about you? And if you want, I look forward to seeing you over here for a bit. Sorry. I, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, um, it's uh, very easy to find. I just I just use LinkedIn. We've got some some uh, websites for the wind turbine. Wind turbine company is called Flowgen. Sounds lovely. You also want to do an interview about yeah. uh, Flowgen? Just At some point, yeah, it would be lovely to talk about that. We're, we, we're hoping to change the uh, renewable energy scene. Sounds lovely. Want to chat about your data around that time? Anytime you want to chat about it, give me a message and we put you on. Lovely, lovely. Okay. So nice talking to you after all this time. Oh yeah, and honored all my side and count Goodbye. me in. I'm going to get the ticket. <laughs> great, great. I mean, well, let me know when you're coming over and we'll, uh, we'll yeah. go and visit some interesting places. Together. Sounds lovely, sounds lovely. Okay. Um, was a pleasure chatting to you and I will put in the show note by, by uh, show... Oh. Yeah. Super. And as you could hear, the connection was not always great with Japan, but the information it was so powerful I thought we just need to get it out and share it with you. Because it's a great insight and it's a lovely method for you to avoid losing money when globalizing your company or putting money down. It's really great. Um, as you said, I decided to take that uh, journey. I need, just need to check out uh, which and what and... So you expect you can expect from me and to be clear I'm already basically I made up my mind to head over to Asia and make Asia my basis and I got an offer from a contact to do something in Eastern Europe that's going to be interesting so you can expect a lot more of those interviews and chats because what they are they are really powerful uh, storytelling people they know they are they are the food they are working the money they are making the money they are getting it working and if you could help you losing not losing money then that's great I mean, and just think about it if it's a, how it's property for 100k it could be really nice for you to spend there a few months um, I would say that's it for today I will talk to you tomorrow and I will say cheers mates